Well, if you brought your book with you, we are dealing with issue 7, and we are going to be talking about the spiritual discipline of prayer. Before we do that, uh, I want to say that anyone that anyone that, that um, preaches or teaches or leads a discussion or anything of that sort has a very serious responsibility placed on them. Um, it's not a responsibility that should be taken lightly at all. Uh, and the Bible warns people who would, uh, would, would want to take on the responsibility that God is going to hold them accountable for the way they do that. So, leading a discussion uh, like this, uh, first of all, I feel that responsibility every week. Um, there's always a measure of distance between what a person teaches or preaches and the way they actually carry it out. And so, of course, the more you get to know me, the more you see the distance between what I say and what I do. I don't want that to be the case, but it is. And I don't pretend, uh, and I hope I never try to give the impression, if I, if I give the impression, let me shatter it now, <laughs> Uh, you can ask my wife. <laughs> um, but I don't ever want to give the impression that uh, because I'm teaching something or even leading a discussion on something, that I have it all down and all figured out and I'm doing it well, why can't you all just come along? <laughs> I never would want to do that. Um, and I don't think there's ever a place where I would feel that distance between what we might teach, uh, what I might be teaching or what discussion I might be leading, I don't think I ever feel that difference as, as distinctly as when it comes to the issue of prayer. And that just has to be something that I honestly say to you. Prayer, for all of us, probably, can be a difficult thing. There are times in our lives when we are fervent in prayer, and there are times in our lives when we're not so fervent. There are times in your life probably where you have taken uh, time to pray. And there are probably times in your life where there has gone a, a significant amount of time may elapse between your conversations with God. Uh, I'm trying, uh, but I'm trying imperfectly. Now, a lot of times when you when you start talking about prayer, you uh, you're, you start thinking. At least I, I start thinking. Great, this is going to be a, like a forty five minute guilt trip. <laughs> um, because you know who can say who can say I'm praying exactly the way I should be. I mean, that's just one of those things where we're always needing to grow. Always, no matter what stage we're at. So let me just try to take you know hit the release valve right now and say that hopefully this hour we're not going to, to spend it being, it's not going to be spent being a guilt trip. Guilt is effective in the short term. It can get you doing something for a while. And you've probably heard sermons where you've been guilted into doing certain things. I know that I have. But if guilt is what is your primary source of motivation for prayer, or for anything else, eventually that feeling of guilt is going to go away. And you're going to be back to where you started. 
So being motivated to pray by guilt is not, in the long term, going to be effective. What is going to, in the long term, be effective is for us to continually have certain biblical truths before us that take root in our heart, where we discipline ourselves, and we grow to love it. It's not something that we're guilted into doing, it's something that we want to do. And it's like a plant that that we cultivate, and we water, and we go through droughts, but we keep plugging away, keep trying to grow, and God keeps working in our hearts, and we start to develop a vibrancy there. And perhaps some of you, perhaps many of you have that vibrancy, and that's great. And perhaps some of you don't. Um, Hopefully this will be something that will encourage you. So we're going to talk a little bit about our own prayer lives um, in this time, and then we're going to look at the scriptures a little bit and see what they have to say about prayer. And hopefully towards the end, you will be motivated. Um, You will have the desire, again, a new, a fresh, I want to talk with God. That's the desire of my heart. And if that's the way you feel at the end, then then that's, that's what we're looking for. So let me start out by just asking you asking you the question why do we why do we struggle to pray why do we struggle to pray Craig I think a lot of times we feel intimidated even though we know that uh, we know from the Bible that it says he already knows before we ask mm-hmm. okay he knows what we're going to say he knows what our prayers are going to be before we speak but I feel one we take it for granted two we, because he is there always mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we feel like we don't do a justification like we're not going to say the right words we don't have the right words okay. that we may ramble on too long I'm, I'm talking if you're by yourself sure. I'm not talking in front of a group yeah. I, I, sometimes I feel like sometimes when my, in my own prayer life it's like if I really want something to pray for I call somebody that I know that's a prayer warrior mm-hmm. and because I know where I may falter and and sometimes we have to let them know when you're praying. I don't have the words to speak. Right. He knows in my head. I I'm there. I'm on bended knees. Mm-hmm. It's where the heart's at. Yeah, yeah. So so one of the things that prevents us from praying is it's not feeling like we have the wherewithal within us to even voice it. Okay, Gene. Uh, sometimes you uh, maybe trying to hide. Okay. Maybe yeah. If I don't address him, maybe <laughs> maybe I could just sneak over here. <laughs> uh, well, that's absolutely true, though, isn't it? Have you ever hesitated to pray because you felt like you were too sinful to do that? I have. We talked about that a few weeks ago, and how how that exposes our self-righteousness. Because we think, when I am feeling good about myself, I'm going to go straight to God. And not realizing that it's through Christ. Whether whether you feel righteous or not, it's always through Christ that you have access to God. Okay, so we feel guilty. That, that's a good one, a big one. What else? This is kind of silly, but um, maybe somebody else is like me. <laughs> I like to have things organized. Uh-huh. So I have like this huge list of things for people to pray for. I feel like... If it's not organized, then 
my mind is just scatterbrained. Yeah. And I, I, I just can't do it. It's not an excuse to not pray, but that's my struggle usually. Yeah. I, I can identify. If nobody else can, I can identify with that because you, you've got your, you know, there's, there's needs everywhere. And so you've got all these things, and sometimes it's like, it's kind of like, it's when you got a big mess, it's like, I'd rather, I don't know where to start, so I never do. <laughs> and it can be the same way with prayer. I don't know where to start, I don't know how to organize this, and so, okay, I'll organize it tomorrow. <laughs> and it doesn't happen. Anyone else? I also think maybe um, we struggle because our priorities aren't what they should be. I know I'll, I'll try to have a prayer time in the morning, and if I don't get up when I need to... I'll take a look at the clock and say, oh, I need to have my prayer time, but if I don't get the kids up now, then our day's going to, you know, not go the way it should, so that'll be there. I'll wait till later. Yeah. Just keep putting it off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. We don't pray because we, we, we uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's a lack of discipline. Sometimes it's, you know, life gets in the way, and uh, it seems to be the thing that it doesn't have a deadline, and so it doesn't seem as urgent because there are other things that have deadlines like feeding children and <laughs> stuff like that. All right. What else? What else? These are all good. Sometimes I think we forget. I know myself is that, you know, you can do it anywhere, pray anywhere. We all know that. But, like, when you're walking, driving a car, of course, you got to pay attention when you're driving and you're driving. But, I mean, you still can do that in your mind. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we oh, we have to set so much specific time then instead of praying to the Lord throughout the day to have that, you know, okay. communion. So I think sometimes we use that as an excuse where we, you know, we don't set it at a certain time that we could be praying throughout the day at odd times, but I think we use that excuse as like, well, maybe I'm not completely centered on God, but I think that grows as a Christian. It helps mm-hmm. you grow though we do it throughout the day like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I agree with her. She says sometimes if you not that having a specific time, that's great, but sometimes it almost seems ritual. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, I got to sit down at six o'clock, and sometimes I, my own self, some of my most heartfelt prayers are the ones spontaneous mm-hmm. that come to me mm-hmm. at that moment, wherever I'm at. Yeah, and and if we pick out that specific time. And we miss it, and we're going back to the organization, you know, thing, you know, all oh, then so many days go by, mm-hmm. and sometimes like it's right from the heart when it hits you at that moment, somebody strikes you. It could be that be friend that you just, and you feel the need that, at that moment to pray for that person. Yeah. And, and sometimes we get caught up in rituals. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's six o'clock. We got to pray. Right. Okay. Now it's nine o'clock. You know. Mm-hmm. And if we don't do it, then it doesn't get done. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else have any thoughts? My prayer is a struggle sometimes. I think oftentimes it can be more unbelief. Okay. Does he really hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I believe in the things that we do and the things we don't do. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a profound one that sometimes we don't think we don't really consciously think, I'm just not believing the Lord. Uh, one for me is, is I am a, uh, I am a doer. I like 
uh, I like to be doing things. Um, and and so it's hard for me to it's hard for me to tell myself that prayer is doing something. You know, I think, well, you know, I can pray, but I really need to be reading this book or studying this, you know, studying for my lesson that's coming up next week. That's doing something. Prayer isn't doing something. And um, that's kind of where unbelief comes in, I think, for me. Um, But, I mean, it's the reason I don't like, I don't generally, I don't sit on the front porch because I don't feel like I'm doing anything. I don't like taking walks because I'm not really going anywhere. (laughs) I I like to feel like I'm doing something. Now, I'm not saying I maximize every, uh, every hour, don't get me wrong, I mean, I've watched my fair share of sports, but I feel like I'm doing something. <laughs> priorities. Yeah, priorities. Uh, but, but yes, um, that, that reveals a lack of faith on my part, because I'm not going to God and asking Him to do for me. I'm thinking, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to do this stuff. And so that's, what, that's, that's one of the reasons I struggle to pray. Anyone else before we move off of that? Mom? Prayer is just hard work. Okay. It's very easily distracted. It's very hard to concentrate. Yeah. Yeah. Very hard to concentrate sometimes. Well, a lot of times. Um, and if you've read the article or if you've read, if you've read anything about prayer, that's what everyone says. You sit down and you start praying and, you know, I did it, um, I did it Tuesday morning. I had, a, I had a meeting at 11 o'clock that I was going that I, that was probably going to be a fight, and I knew that I had to have all of my ducks in a row so that when this person, these people we were working with, uh, started coming at me, I could say, "Well, this happened on this date, and this happened on this date, and this happened on this date." So while I was praying, I barely got through, uh, "Dear Lord," and I'm like, "And I'm going to tell them this, and I'm going to tell them this, and I'm going to tell them this." And then we'll see how they want to how they want to play. And then I'll get no 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 no. I'm praying right now. <laughs> uh, but it, but it happens to all of us. You know, fill in the blank of whatever it is for you. Uh, our minds wander. All right. So flip it over to flip it over to uh, positively speaking. What are some of the most meaningful times of prayer in your life that you've had? What were the circumstances? Uh, surrounding your most meaningful times of prayer, when you've when you've really felt like you've been talking to the Lord, describe some of the good times. June, uh, I had a very unusual incident with. We had a daughter that was seriously ill, mm-hmm. and she was in the hospital. She was at one end, and I was at the other end, and we had had some very serious news. We, they really didn't think she was going to live. And uh, I had to have a light surgery at the time. And when I came out of that surgery, the nurse said to me, she said, do you have a, doc- a daughter in this hospital? And I said, yes, I do. And she said, is she really ill? And I said, yes, she's very seriously ill. She said, well, she said, she's not, she's going to make it. I can tell you that. She said, all you did was pray for her the whole time you were under the influence of the and it, it's a very long story wow. of what all that happened, but she did uh, live, and she's living yet today. She's had to have a kidney transplant, but she definitely was a definite answer to prayer for me. Wonderful. 
Anyone else? It doesn't it doesn't have to be uh, it doesn't necessarily even have to be that the prayer was answered the way you wanted it. Um, but what are some circumstances of some good times of prayer that you've had in your lives? I mean, there's a purpose that we do this. We're not doing this just just to talk and fill time. Uh, it's important for us to share these things and learn from each other. My best times of prayer are when I'm alone out in the woods. Okay. You know, uh, in, in, with nature, right? Those are my best times to pray. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a common thing. I've heard a lot of people... A lot of people say that, too, when they're alone out in nature. Anyone else? I enjoy it in the morning when I first wake up. And um, what I love so much is knowing that coming from disobedience and knowing that God does not hear the prayers of the wicked, to have the privilege Mm -hmm. to be able to talk to my Father, Mm -hmm. that's what keeps me on track, Mm -hmm. to know that He hears me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, good times and bad times, um, as you see, like, with me, with losing both of my parents in, like, about eight-month time, so that was, like, a very, very um, dramatic and traumatic um, experience, but the comfort of that, mm-hmm. I can't imagine people going through different things with uh, parents that die, that have, they don't know the Lord, mm-hmm. and they can't talk to them, they can't. Um, be comforted in the scriptures yeah. and what God can teach you. And I'm thinking, wow, I, I can't fathom anybody not being a Christian going through that because yeah. you have the Lord right by your side. Right. And even though I know I'll see him again, it's um, it's a different experience for a lot of my friends my age who've never lost either parent. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it was a unique situation for me and that I'm comforted that I'll see him again, but yet that, you know, the whole change of the family and everything else, losing them, you know, mm-hmm. at a younger age. Yeah. So, but God is a great comfort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It seems like uh, sometimes some of the sweetest times of prayer are really the most excruciating, mm-hmm. personally. Um, I can attest. I can attest to that. And I don't. I don't know. You know what it is for you, but I think maybe it is for me. Is you know the times where there is no option for you working it out. You know, I'm a, I'm a proud person, and I think I can work. I got this one. I can handle this. I'll work it out. And there are just times when God brings stuff in your life that you can't fix. You're just you just can't work it out, and you can't fix anything anyway. But you realize it, and it's some of those kind of times when when I really have had good times of prayer. Anyone else where there's just been a, a been good times of prayer for you? You want to share, John? I don't know if this is what you're looking for, because I know prayer is personal, but for me, sometimes, whether it's with my wife Mm -hmm. or with a friend, praying with somebody, either when I'm in a hard time or they are together with them, to me, that that almost helps my personal prayer life when I hear somebody else Mm -hmm. anguishing in prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, Really, really helps my own personal prayer life a lot. Yeah. Yeah, praying, praying with one another. I mean, that's something that we should... That's something that we should do uh, more more of. I mean, just when, when we, whenever we gather together. You know, I remember uh, this. It never occurred to me to even do something like that until I visited a church in Chicago a couple of years ago, and I met a guy after the service for the first time, 
And I was ta- I talked to him all five minutes, and he, and he said, let's just pray about that right now. Never met the guy before. And I was like, well, yeah. Why shouldn't we do that? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and why don't I do that now? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, praying together. Craig, you were going to say something? Yeah, it was just... Um, it's not my prayer, but like... Um, my father, uh, I had walked away from the Lord, and uh, I had heard a tape years later after he passed mm-hmm. away. And he prayed up for me, you know, mm-hmm. that I'd come back into the fold. Mm-hmm. And he didn't see that happen. But his prayer was answered. Mm-hmm. After, he, you know, he knows it's answered, but I'm just, we don't always, that's probably one of the biggest prayers that I've ever seen answered and significant because it, everybody always says there's an example saying, I don't see no answers. I don't, I, I'm not seeing no results. I'm not seeing this. And guess what? We might not see it in our lifetime. And that's what I hold on to. I do. Yeah. You keep praying because mm-hmm. it's in God's time. Right. Okay. And, and that's been proven to me in my life because I listened to my father's words that were taped. Mm-hmm. And this was after he was passed away. And then I came back. Mm-hmm. So his prayers were answered. Yeah. That's how. Right. Yeah. So we praise, and sometimes we're hesitant because we're saying nothing's happening. Right. Right. And that's that could be a hindrance and uh, to us because we think we're if I'm praying, I better be getting results. <laughs> um, but we pray submissively, don't we? I mean, we we don't control the universe, though we would like to. Yeah, we don't control the universe. We're praying to the one who does, and we don't see the big picture, but we're praying to one who does. Well, let's look at a couple of verses. Uh, that one thing, <coughs> one of the first one is in. Um, this is on seven point two and seven point three. We've got. The words of Jesus in Matthew 6, and then we've got the words of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6. We've got some questions to answer there. Um, would somebody be willing to read Matthew 6, 5 to 13 for us? John, thank you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. Okay, thank you. So what... You can see on 7.3, there's a little explanation that you may have had time to read. But let's just jump right into answering some of these questions. The first question, how did Jesus tell us not to pray 
in Matthew 6, 5 to 8. I got, I got a couple reasons. How did Jesus tell us not to pray? Be praying probably. Okay. Okay. So he tells us not to be, not to be hypocrites when we pray. Yeah, not to be, not to be proud, uh, but to be humble in our prayer and not to have hypocrisy-filled prayers. So you tell me, how does that happen in our context today? We don't. I don't think there's any Pharisees at our church <laughs> um, because you know the the Pharisees were seen in their days. You know we don't really have that same situation. I think. And our church is like they had then with the, the, the uber-spiritual types who everybody just looked at as, as the top. And, you know, there's, we'll never get that. Um, they're, the, they're the top that it could ever be. We've got to muddle along here with the best we can do. Um, we're not Pharisees, but, but how, could we, how do we pray proudly or with hypocrisy? Don't see a lot of our, you know, the, the self-help self-advancement, you know, like a lot of these churches on television where they're more or less a self-help and, you know, pray to God that to give you the power to over, you know, I got, I, I don't know how to, you, I know what you're saying. Explain it for me better. Well, no, you're, <laughs> you're explaining it just fine. But, you know, that's not the self-help uh, yeah. churches, you know, they're, they're perverting yeah, the purpose of prayer, you know, basically. You, know, you, know, you deserve this wealth. You know, pray for your wealth. You deserve this wealth. Uh, you know, you have it coming to you. Name it, claim it, Okay. All right, so that's one way that we pray with pride. We pray with hypocrisy. How else? We pray oftentimes, I think, to be heard by men. Yeah. Instead of our Father. Yeah. It's done often. Yeah. <laughs> really often. <laughs> In fact, we do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you have you ever been on autopilot while you're praying in front of people? Uh-huh. I mean, you can get really good at it. Uh-huh. And just, you know, I know how to pray. I could pray without thinking in front of people. I can come up with all kinds of great stuff to pray about and not really have prayed at all. That's hypocrisy. Uh-huh. What else? How else do we do this? Kind of related to another question, um, like going to God complaining and not okay. being thankful, okay. or uh, like seeking our own agenda. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're we're showing our pride um, when when our agenda and pr- when the agenda in prayer is our agenda mm-hmm. rather than the Lord's agenda. Yeah. Um, which, in the example of the prayer that's given here, you're praying for God's agenda to be done. Yeah. Not your own agenda to be done. I mean, we're allowed to we're allowed to bring our agenda to God, but we always pray submissively because my agenda my agenda might not be the agenda. Well, it ultimately goes back to Thy will be done. Yeah, you know, in everywhere mm-hmm. we all have our wants. Yeah, but that's what they are the wants. Right, it's what God wants for. And we're pretty good at figuring out how to how to convert our wants into needs. <laughs> I'm very skilled at converting wants into needs. <laughs> Any other ideas of, of of how we pray with hypocrisy? Sometimes you might hear someone praying. They're just 
scream really loud so they don't hear them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have any reality to it at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it not only is that damaging to us personally when we do that, uh, it's damaging to believers who don't pray that way and who never pray in public. And there's probably people in here that don't pray in public, so I'm not criticizing you at all in any way. Um, but part of the reason I think people don't pray, are afraid to pray in public, is because they're so afraid of making a mistake. As if, as if they were praying to the rest of us and we were all sitting there thinking, you know, holding up scorecards at the end to see if they did a 10 or a 9. Um, when there's really one person that matters. And some of the most profound prayers I think I've ever heard prayed are, are, are simple prayers that were prayed by people that were not seen as, you know, I, I don't even know how to put I don't even know how to put it, but... You know, it just, they're just regular people putting it in their own words and seemingly oblivious that there's other people around them, <laughs> which is probably good. Because the more I'm conscious of people around me, the more I'm praying for them. Anyone else? All right, so what's the second thing that, that Jesus says we're not to be doing in our praying? Not supposed to be hypocrites, and what else? Or, I'm sorry, Family, babbling. Okay, going on and on. All right. So tell me, tell me what that means. That means, I don't know. No, uh, you know, if you keep going on and on about the, it says to ask for it. it doesn't say, okay, I might bring bring it to him more than once, but I don't have to keep saying it and reminding him sitting there. I've asked for it whatever mm -hmm. need to be met. And I don't need to keep going on and on about it. He's heard me. Like he yeah. says, he's heard He knows what we've already said. Okay. Yeah, you don't have to convince God. God okay. Yeah. Right. That's well put. We don't have to, we don't have to convince God. Terry, I, I think sometimes people like to, it sounds bad, but like to hear their own voice and like, <laughs> they really forget they're speaking to God. And right. it's like, they go on and on and I'm like, whoa, you know. But, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's uh Sometimes, uh, kind of what you what you've all been saying, there's the you know we we want there to be a, a sort of a formula almost where if we say the right words enough times, we kind of we get the intended result. We forget that prayer is talking to God. Right, yes. right. It's talking to God, not manipulating God. And I wrote here in my notes uh, that that there's a fine line between persistence and manipulation. Because, because God tells us to come to him. In fact, one of the parables he uses is of an unjust judge. And a lady keeps coming to him for justice. And he doesn't want to give her justice, but he finally gives it to her so that she'll leave alone. <laughs> now, God isn't saying, if you bother me enough, I'll hear you too. What God is saying is, is if an unjust judge is going to hear this woman then certainly God, who is love and care for his children, is going to hear them. And he says we can be persistent in coming to him. But sometimes our persistence stops being persistence, and it becomes insistence. And I can think of a, a, a time in my life, 
uh, just last year where my prayers turned from persistence to insistence. There was something that had gone on at work. There was a mistake that my office had made. <clears throat> and this mistake wasn't going to have a major impact. Uh, it, was, it was something that we fixed, but if it, had gotten, if it had been discovered, it would have blown up into this huge thing that it didn't need to become. And so I was just praying over and over again. God, just we fixed it. Can, let, please just let it go. Let us get through this. <laughs> You know, let us, we, we, it's, it, let it be taken care of. And uh, my persistence in that really turned into, God, this is what you have to do. <laughs> this is what I need. I must have it this way. And I never said it that way, but that's what it was. Now, God, you know, God was gracious to me, and um, the situation went away. We everything, everything ended happily. It was all good. But when I got out of that, I had to confess my sin to God of coming to Him with his, with my own agenda. And and as I said, there there's a fine line between persistence and manipulation. If we are persistent, um, we 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 need to be we need to be aware, as Craig has said, that God knows what we're going to pray for before we've even prayed it. That doesn't mean that we don't pray, because God has told us to pray. But he knows what we need, and he cares about us. And he's not an unjust judge that we have to badger. He's not like that. So look at, second question, look at Jesus' model prayer in Matthew 6, 9 to 13, with John, which John already read. What are some of the different elements of prayer or types of prayer that you find there? And just start at the top and, and, and work your way through. What do, we, what do we see there? Praise. Okay. Praise. Praise is one. What's, what's something else? Submission. Submission? Okay, yeah. We're submitting ourselves to God's will. Supplication. Supplication. Okay, define supplication. For everyone? Um, uh, a petition, uh, ask a request. Okay. For a need. Great. What else? Repentance. Repentance, okay. There's repentance there. Worship. Worship, all right. Anything else? I wrote down deliverance. There, uh, that God would keep us from sin. Um, isn't it interesting that the, some of the, th- the this is this is the uh, this is a model prayer, and as as our pastor Ken always say always says, uh, it's not the Lord's prayer; it's the disciples' prayer. This isn't a prayer that Jesus could pray because there's confession of sins, for instance, in it. But it's a model prayer for his disciples and for us. So the question we have to ask ourselves then is, is how much do our, our prayers reflect Jesus' priorities that he's laid out in prayer for us, in, in the scriptures for us? You know, how much of our, how much of our, t- do we take, uh, do we take um, time to praise God in our prayers? Because a lot of times we tend to think of prayer as, as all of our petitions and the things that we need to ask for and the things that we need him to do. 
But a, a part of our uh, of prayer and developing our relationship with God is recognizing and praising God for what He is, and just taking the time to actually notice how great He is. How much do, how much do our our prayer lives reflect that? Another interesting thing, uh, I think that. Um, comes up in, in the prayer that he's given us as an, for an example is the fact that some of the things that he's asking that he get, tells us to ask for are things that he's promised to do. And that is altogether biblical. To pray that God would do the things that he's promised to do. Look at how many times uh, the prophets in Israel have, re- have gone to God and have reminded God, not that he has forgotten, but remind God of his promises to them, of his people. He said, you have told us that you'll bless us, you'll keep us in the land if we'll repent of our sins. And so we repent, and we ask you to honor your word. And we and they are assured that they're praying in God's will. And we have, you know, we have all kinds of, of prayers throughout the New Testament, throughout the letters that are written to the churches, some of Paul's prayers... And the things that he spends time praying for are things that God has already promised he'll do. You know, he prays that people will be sanctified. And God's promised to do that. He prays that, that the churches would, would come to know the love of Christ. I think, what a simple thing to pray. What, what, what do I pray for when I... When I when I think of praying for the people in this room or the people in our church, what do I pray for them about? Have you ever prayed that they would know the length and depth and height and breadth of the love of Christ? That's an entirely scriptural thing to pray. We pray and petition God for things that he has promised to do knowing that we are praying in his will. Um, we pray for forgiveness. There has to, Confession has to be a, a, an aspect of, of our prayer lives. And how many times have you, have you started praying and started confessing something, and then the more you start confessing, the more you start remembering? <laughs> the, and you're like, oh, yeah, that too, and that, and that. Uh, and we have to, you know, as, 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 it, as it says here, want, you know, a, a component of truly seeking a component of truly seeking God's forgiveness is our own forgiveness of those who have wronged us. And a lot of us are, a lot of, a lot of times, I have falsely sought for something from God that I will not grant to someone else. And so we need to confess that. And we need to be willing to forgive those who have wronged us. And even those who have wronged us in profound ways. And I don't say that as if that's something simple to do. Because some of you have been wronged in profound and ongoing ways. And with no end in sight. And so it doesn't just trip off my tongue, forgive them. But something that we must be willing to do. Uh, and and we, we must do if we are going to seek forgiveness from the Father. Um, we have three minutes left. And so we're going to have to pause, but I wanted to recommend to you uh, a book that I think might be very helpful for you.
The book is called A Call to Spiritual Reformation, and it's by a man by the name of D.A. Carson. A Call to Spiritual Reformation. The author is D.A. Carson. Um, I'll just give you some of the suggestions that he gives at the beginning of the book. He gives his first chapter is some practical suggestions, and then he goes through and looks at uh, Paul's prayers and the letters that he writes to the churches and just gives biblical things for us to pray for. And uh, you can see where my bookmark is. You know, I got about 30 pages left. But um, the impact that this book has had on my heart has been um, how many times I pray for things, how much of my time is spent praying for things that aren't scriptural priorities. And it's not that I can't pray for the sick in my life. And it's not that I can't pray for certain situations to be worked out. But we, what, it, what, it, what it has really hit me is it reveals, my prayers reveal my heart. And I spend so much time praying for the here and now, both for myself and for other people, that I'm not praying for the spiritual needs and the, the real stuff that needs to be happening. So, you know, when Paul is praying for these churches, he's praying that they would, they would persevere in their faith. He's praying that they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will with all wisdom and understanding. He's praying that they would know the love of Christ, as we've mentioned. He's praying for all of these spiritual objectives to be met in people... And as I'm reading that, I'm thinking, how much time, if, if I'm going to pray for somebody in my community group, I pray for the issue, but I need to, I need to pray for that, but I need to pray for that person's soul. I need to pray that Christ would be formed in that person. That that person would be conformed to the image of Christ. And you know what? They may ne- this, this thing that they were hoping for, this move or this house or this job, it may never happen, but there are eternal things to be gained when that person is more conformed to the image of Christ and is more filled with the knowledge of God's will. Because ultimately, everything else in this world is going to pass away. We've got to make scriptural priorities of our prayers. So here's the practical things. This, maybe this will whet your appetite. Uh, he gets into the scriptural stuff. But here, here's, this, this chapter is called Lessons from the School of Prayer. And he says, uh, number one, much praying is not done because we do not plan to pray. Um, we got to pray without ceasing, but uh, we got to pray throughout the day. But for me, I also have to set aside time to pray because I, do, I cannot remember things well. And if you, you know, Carissa was talking about this, you know, you've got all this stuff out there and what do I pray for? And, you know, what I finally had to just do was say, okay, I'm not going to be able to get a comprehensive list of everything but I've got to start somewhere. And so I got on my computer, and I got an Excel spreadsheet out, and if this is not the way you operate, then don't operate this way. It gets worse, actually. I got an Excel spreadsheet out, and I just put a tab for every day of the week, and it categorized, you know, family, friends, church needs, things like that. And then I put it on my phone. So I told you it got worse. So my prayer list by day is actually on my phone, because this is what I always have with me. 
This is my alarm clock in the morning. So when I get out of bed and I sit down, I, I lose papers. They get shuffled. They get thrown away. Ruby rips them in half. Stuff happens to them. But my prayer list is always here. <laughs> Whatever it means to you to plan to pray, I would suggest you to take some steps. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to. There isn't a right way. Just get some kind of plan together. And work with the plan for a while. And then if the plan doesn't work, get a new plan. So much praying is done because we don't plan to pray. Uh, one thing he says, adopt practical ways to impede mental drift. Okay? That's the, I'm thinking about what I'm going to tell this lady in the meeting. Okay? So there are all kinds of things that you can do. You can pray out loud. Um, you can uh, you can keep your eyes open. Sometimes if I close my eyes, I go into my own little dream world worse. Uh, so you, you can do that. Um, he says develop, if possible, a prayer partner relationship, somebody that can mentor you. He says, uh, he says to choose models, but choose them well. Just the person, just because a person has really flowery way of talking, we're not judging their motives, that may be what they do. But don't put them on a pedestal and try to pray like that just because that sounds like the best thing. He says, develop a system for your prayer lists. He says, mingle praise, confession, and intercession, but when you intercede, try to tie as many requests as possible to Scripture so that you know you're praying God, you know, God's direction that he's placed for you. It's a great book. It's like ten bucks, so it won't kill you, hopefully. Uh, I would recommend that you read it. Um, sorry, I've gone over. We'll pray and you'll go. You can all go. Lord, um, it's very convicting to talk about prayer um, because you know uh, my own failures in that area. And uh, we all fail, um, but we, we know there's grace with you. And we are encouraged, I've been encouraged, just by hearing everyone's struggles and and successes in prayer. I pray that you would help us to grow in this area. Um, you've told us that you want us to pray, and so we want to do it. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Matt, yeah. where did you pick it up at? Family Bible or Inner City? Um, I, I think I got this one. Uh, someone gave me this, but you can get it at Inner City. You might be able to get it at Family Bible um, because it's a pretty well-known author. Okay. And if you're online shoppers, Amazon will give you a great price. Okay. Thank you.